Welcome to the Fantasy Basketball Podcast with not quite a layman, not quite an expert, Pod Tom. Hey, what's up guys? I'm so tired right now. Um, it's your it's your DJ host friend Chuck, and I'm feeling hot, hot, hot. Oh fuck. Um, let's go ahead and do a quick look at the weather or the sports scores. <clears throat> Last week we had Kyle beating Adam. Wow, crazy. It's Kyle's seven and two, and. Adams, three and six, but he's gonna be four and six really soon. Uh, fuck. Dan and Ian and Ian won. Then there's Tom who came in and took down John to go into three and six, and then um, Sean and Andy, and then there was that game. It looks like Andy won. Uh, Christian beat Dewey And then coming in with the worst score of the week is me Getting pummeled by Stax Who has my old boyfriend on his team Nicola uh, man. Fuck God fucking damn it Um, sorry Uh, it was, that was Never mind So, anyways, hot, hot, feeling good Feeling hot Hot, hot, hot um, and it's another barn burner this week as I play Adam. We're looking at uh, we're looking at a historic matchup between brothers-in-law. Um, and then Andy, he's like playing Nikolai or something. I don't know. All right. Well, hey, see you guys. The title for that section is Must Love Depression. Now for a different look at the metrics. Hey, no balls ass. This is Batam coming here, giving you a, a look on four things that I think that we've noticed in the league. So I'm sitting here looking at the standings, and I believe that this is my fourth year in the league. And I can't remember nine weeks in the, the, the teams being so close. In first place, it's tied for the back rub buddies of Kyle and Sean at seven and two. And then there are one, two, three, four, five of us tied on the bottom. So that's pretty crazy. We got two teams at six and three, one at five and four, and then two at four and five. So the next couple weeks here should let us see some things. So I was looking at this because we changed how we did the scoring this year to mimic one of the daily fantasy things, and it's definitely affected uh, how how we score. Stacks of the first 300-point night, which was crazy, and I don't think anyone's broken uh, 1,300 this year. Even breaking 1,200 has been pretty rare. So I spent a little bit of time dissecting uh, the stats, the standings, and wanted to share my findings with you fine people of the league. So one thing that I noticed, probably the thing I noticed the most this year, is that points four 
is mattering more than it ever has before. For instance, the bottom four people in the league, Chuck, Tom, Dewey, and Adam, are also the lowest four in points four. I don't think that that's happened before. Uh, the second thing I noticed is that moves matter the least amount than they ever have. So typically, the amount of moves you make has had a very high correlation with your win number. And this year, that seems to be less the case. This could be because the NBA is starting earlier. Uh, so our season is starting earlier and there are less games each week. Um, I think it has something to do with the fact that there are a lot of stars sitting out early to rest. So, for instance, Kawhi Leonard's not playing back-to-backs. People like Chris Paul and Jimmy Butler have sat out some games, so normally high scores have done that. A lot of players have been getting rest quite early in the season because teams seem to be looking a lot more for playoffs. So, you know, you got people like uh, Sean, who's not making very many moves and is still high up there. Same thing as Christian. Same thing as Stacks. So that's kind of an interesting observation to me. Also, I'm looking at the players, and I looked at uh, I looked at the guys and their averages for the past seven games, past 15 games, and I did on the season because we're you know a little over the third or right around the 30 game mark. And it's pretty interesting because this year, I think for the first time ever, the out of the top uh, 10 scorers in all of those, nine of them are on different teams. So. We the way that our draft worked it up worked out this year is that the good the talent has kind of spread out. I think that that is pretty interesting. Also, there are only five teams with winning records, so that is kind of crazy. Now, I wanted to look at uh, four teams in particular, which is Kyle, Sean, Andy, and Dan. And Dan, when you look at it, Dan is sitting here with, if you take the top, I dissected the best 30 players in the league for 7, 15 season games. And Dan comes out with four on pretty much every list. And it's interesting because Dan is one of those teams with a losing record coming in at four and five, but he's got if you look at these metrics he's got maybe the best team talent wise but he's been going up against some strong anyone who plays him goes at him pretty strong and his differential from points for to points against on the year is only 5.5 all the way through the season that is pretty crazy also Sean is somebody who doesn't have a player in like the top 12 uh, I think his best on the season, or sorry, he does. Kawhi Leonard comes in at 11th on the season. But Sean is very well balanced where his team up and down and the, that next tier guy is from 30 to 60. He's got quite a few of them. But Sean has the lowest points for by quite, or points against by quite a bit. Only 8493. So 8,493 points. So even though Sean's points four don't put him that high, he's eighth, or <coughs> excuse me, one, two, three, four, five, six, he's seventh. Uh, people just don't really bring their A game against Sean. 
Also, what I think is really interesting with Kyle's team is he must be pretty well balanced down there too because when you look at his top-tier guys, he's only got LeBron, and his second is De'Aaron Fox. But Kyle's dudes just bring it each week, so well done. Uh, Andy is similar to Sean. I mean, Andy has Harden. Uh, He's been making a lot of moves as far as trade-wise, so we don't really know who his team is, but Andy is also, the points against are are pretty low. So if we look at this based on the metrics 7, 15, and 30, what we would have expected in years past to be the highest teams would be Stax, Dan, and Sean. And uh, that isn't, isn't quite holding up. So anyway... There's your uh, crappy look at the metrics from your host, Pod Tom. I think Chuck may have recorded his segment in the shower. Who knows where Stacks recorded this week's PowerCast rankings from, but I'm sure that all of us, except for perhaps Sean, are excited to hear them. All right, welcome to the week nine PowerCast rankings. Um, we are in the 10th league. We are in the week 10 of our season here in No Balls Ass. This is Stack Jokic, your host of the PowerCast Rankings, and let's get right to it. Um, so first in the PowerCast Rankings, might be a bit controversial, but I'm going to put myself. Um, I beat Chuck by 300 points, uh, almost 300 points, put up 300 points last night. Um, it's going to be a little bit tougher week for me ahead. I've only got Denver playing two games. I'm playing Andy this week, and he's got um, four games out of Harden and Compella. Uh, it's going to be a tough week for me, so we'll see next week about the PowerCast rankings of where I lie. And second, we have Kyle, who beat Adam last week. Um, Kyle put up, let's see, like the fourth or fifth highest score of the week, beating Adam, score of 11.79 to 10.14. Kyle, you're doing great. You're 7-2. and two. You're in first place right now, but you're second place in the PowerCast rankings this week. All right. Moving on to third, it's going to be Andy. Um, stack, crack fries of stacks past, crack fries of uh, crack fries of my past here. Um, Andy's in third. Uh, he beat Sean, who put up a lowly 923 last week. Um, he beat him a score 982 um, to 923. And um, Andy is currently third in the PowerCast rankings. Be playing me this week. And that leaves us to fourth place, who is Sean. Um, he's 7-2. and two. He's second place right now. Um, he still has the least amount of points against, which I think has very much been helping out his team this year. And I think uh, he's going to keep moving down in the power cast rankings um, if the low scoring continues. Next, we got Christian, our commissioner, fifth in the power cast rankings. He beat uh, Dewey last week, 1170 to 1078. Christian's team is looking solid. I think he's going to have a great second half of the year as long as his guys stay healthy. Next, we have Dan, who is sixth in the rankings. He lost to Ian last week. Um, he lost 1243 to 1047. Uh, next, we're going to go to JB, who is seventh in the rankings here last week he got um got beat by uh tom yeah um 
Yeah, sorry. I was just so baffled that Tom beats JB last week. But Tom actually put up the second highest score of 12-18. All right, going on to eighth, we have Ian. Uh, wouldn't want to believe Um Still unsure of the team name here. He's uh, eighth in my rankings. He beat Dewey. Um, no, just kidding. He beat Dan last week. Um and ninth, we're going to go to Chuck, who we already went over, uh, lost last week. He is tied for ninth in the league at three and six. Uh, he's going to have to make some moves. Um, Kemba Duramba, uh, got to put some wins together here for the rest of the season. All right, tenth, we're going to go to Tom, who beats JB. Yes, we're finally getting this right. Tom beat JB, put up that high score of 12-18, second highest score in the week, uh, um, to Ian's twelve forty three. Uh, next, we're gonna go to Dewey, who is eleventh. Uh, yeah, he got beat by the commissioner JD. Um, softer than dog shit, I guess. Um, your team's kind of looking like it. And twelfth, we have Adam, the T- Tacoma Blazers, uh, lost to our um, league leader Kyle right now at seven and two. Um, good thing for Adam though. He's only three and six. He's, uh, his team has been battling injuries the whole season. Um, we'll see if he can finally get it together. Thanks guys. Have a good week. Good luck in week 10. The commission has a lot of strengths. One of them is my son Everett loves him. And when I was listening to last week's pod while cleaning the kitchen, as soon as Christian's sexy voice came on, Everett turned to the speaker and started just beaming, giggling, like looking at it, reaching for Christian, which was very cute. Part of that love stems from the fact that he's a connector, bringing us all together for live hangs quite often, including last week at the drive game. So, Andy, Christian, and I had no problem getting in, but uh, what about somebody making his first official appearance on the pod? So, we're, uh, we're sitting here at the drive game. Got me, Andy, going to the bathroom. Your boy, the commish. We got Dan. So, uh, it's pretty easy for me to get in the game tonight. What about you, Christian? Uh, I found a way in. Uh, you know, I just kind of walked in. The security checked me. It was great. Cool. Dan, could you tell us about your uh, experience getting into the drive game? Yeah, I showed up on time. I got wanded, and they found a few knives in my pocket. (laughs) And apparently I couldn't take those in because I thought I was going to stab the place up, so I had to run back out to my truck and dispose of them there. How many knives? I had two knives in my pocket. (laughs) Just in case I lost one, I had an extra. (laughs) And how do you feel about the fact that they wouldn't let knives in a place that has had two Trump rallies? That's a good point. And a fence. I think it's bullshit. <laughs> I, it's not, I, yeah, I'm not going to stab anyone, so whatever. And there you have it. Kamish, and great fucking ending to the game. Hey, drive tell, tell us what amazing. happened. The drive one on a Marcus Thornton old school finger roll bank layout. Four seconds left. Four seconds to go. Amazing. That was amazing. Andy, we got uh, we got Dan, first time on the pod. Yeah, second, second, second time. Just as many times you met Stack. 
Yeah. How was your um, uh, experience this evening? Uh, it was good. Game. It was a good. It was a good, good experience. Good game. Uh, the drive played really well. It was fun to see uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo's younger brother, Marcus Thornton, back in the league. Uh, he gives me hope that maybe I could be in the G League someday in my late 30s. So yeah, it's a great time. Always, always fun. Yeah, it sure was. All right, peace. And last but not least for the week, we have Adam doing what Adam does. So enjoy that. Peace, brothers. What is up, no balls ass? It is I, Adam, here to expand your cannabis knowledge. And today we are talking about concentrates. Fun, fun, fun stuff. A lot of people don't know about them, um, especially how they're made, which really makes an impact in how how you enjoy them, uh, how good they are for your body, and um, the quality of the product. So basically, there are a few categories you have to be familiar with. Uh, solvents versus solventless concentrates. Solvents are agents that are used to strip all of the cannabinoids and terpenes and beneficial things from the plant and then hopefully those are then evaporated and then what's left is your oil. Unfortunately, it takes a really good hand and a lot of expensive machinery to do that well. And when you're dealing with solvents like butane, propane, ethanol, CO2, you really want to make sure that you're not getting any residual because you're smoking that. And honestly, when you're, you don't want to be smoking butane, you don't want to be smoking propane. Um, CO2 sounds safer since CO2 is all around us and it's coming in and out of our body all the time. However, CO2, when it is, when it is going through the flower and taking everything off, it actually wants to bind to um, pesticides before it binds to beneficial cannabinoids and terpenes. So if the product coming in has been tainted with pesticides, it will grab onto those pesticides and bring them into the oil. So now you're smoking concentrated pesticides. And that's not good. That's just brain damage. Uh, so stay away from that. Um, for quality in cannabis, you're honestly going to get what you pay for. So with concentrates, don't be shy in spending a little extra money, honestly, because then you know you're not you're not smoking butane or pesticides or things like that. So you really want to make sure you trust someone. Uh, the second category you need to be familiar with is activated versus inactivated. So THCA or THC is psychoactive when it's ingested or when it's smoked, whatever. But the plant does not naturally produce THC. It produces THCA. And when it goes through a chemical uh, change through heat, which is why we burn cannabis to get high, it, the A in the THCA drops off and it leaves us with THC. So activated oil is oil that was created by using heat. Therefore, all the THCA was turned into THC. And what that means is you can eat that oil. 
And that is what most edibles you are going to find in your shops are going to be made of because can of butter is not that shelf stable and it has an expiration date. But activated oil is pretty much good indefinitely. It's going to degrade over time, but not nearly as quickly as butter. Some important oils uh, to note in activated types is RSO, which is called Rick Simpson oil. And that is basically a system that was created a bit ago about um, for cancer patients that could make this oil at home. And basically they get a rice cooker or a slow cooker and they, well, first of all, they take a mason jar and they pretty much stuff as much cannabis flour as they can in there. And then they put really high proof alcohol in there and they just let it sit. The alcohol is a solvent and strips all the cannabinoids and essential oils off of the plant. The plant matter is then strained out and that liquid is then put into the rice cooker, slow cooker and slowly heated until all of the alcohol evaporated off. And what you are left with is this really dark amber um, oil. So basically that you can eat because it's been activated. And this is how cancer cancer patients took care of themselves. They were able to make this at their home and get huge amounts uh, pretty easily. RSO will probably still be in production for a long time. You don't get a very good yield out of it, and it's not really for smoking, but there's that. Uh, The next type of activated oil, which you will see, is distillate. Distillate is isolated THC. It has been hyper-processed. It's like you're going to see some high numbers. You're going to see like 98% THC. This is what a lot of edibles are made out of just because it's so potent and it's easy to dose. I would not recommend smoking distillate. THC by itself is not enjoyable. And all those high THC numbers, those are really meant for medical patients. Uh, Distillate. Yeah, it's kind of like what you put on something if you want to bump up the potency a little bit. The difference between RSO and distillate is something that is really important. So I would rather smoke RSO, to be honest, because it's what's considered a full-spectrum product. Full-spectrum means that it, it fully incorporates all of the plant. Like what I said was when THC is just one of 500 things that are in the plant that make it great, RSO holds on to more of those because you're getting multiple cannabinoids. The terpene profile should still be there, hopefully a little bit. With distillate, you get none of that. So a word you want to look for when you're shopping is um, full spectrum because that means that it has a large chunk of the plant that makes it great. All right, now to solvents, BHO. This is also sometimes referred to as shatter because it comes in like a little glass sheet. There is some really good BHO. You get really good terpene profiles with BHO, but again, know who you're buying from, know how good they are because not only do you not want residual butane in your product, uh, they've found that when they process bad flour that has pesticides or molds, whatever, it essentially infects that butane so that every time you process something after that, it infects the next batch. So you just want to make sure that your oil is coming from a very clean facility. You want to hear, you want it to be run by scientists and engineers, to be honest. Uh, PHO is propane. EHO is ethanol. Ethanol is really picking up right now. 
But at the end of the day, these people are doing proprietary blends of this stuff. So there's going to be some butane, some PHO, some EHO, uh, and because they all produce slightly different effects, and they're trying to come up with a mixture that is the best. Uh, CO2, like I said, this is really popular because this is how people extract other things when it's for flavor, like wintergreen, herbal stuff. So this kind of tech was just brought into cannabis. It's really dangerous tech because it's essentially a pipe bomb, but it and it does get a lot of the terpene profiles and multiple cannabinoids. However, like I said, it does really want to bring with it everything, including the pesticides, so be careful there. The best oil that you can find when it comes to solvents is something called live resin live resin what they did is they when they cut down the plant within two hours that plant is then frozen because after two hours the plant realizes it's dead and starts releasing these chemicals that start altering the plant so they freeze it before that happens and it is then processed before it's thawed so Basically, all the terpenes, all those essential oils that just want to evaporate into the air are saved. And it's just, you're going to get the best flavor, the best highs from live resin. It's also the most expensive uh, because we're having, you need an extractor who needs to find a farmer who's willing to (laughs) freeze his crop and then keep it frozen and then brought to the processing lab. So it's labor intensive, but if you were looking for the best oil, live resin look at that and you want to see a high terpene number anywhere between eight and fifteen percent all right now the solventless oils oh man these are great we have something called rosin now or bubble hash or basically anything where the only thing used to create it was a small amount of heat and some pressure so what they're doing is essentially taking the the flower, the bud, and putting it between two industrial steel plates and then just squishing it. And whatever goops out, that's essentially what you're smoking. It is probably the best oil. It's going to come to about like, I've seen up to like $70 for a gram. It's it's just wonderful because it's going to taste like flour. It's going to give you a flour high, but it's just concentrated. There's Nothing fancy. There's no butane to worry about. There's no process. You can even buy one of these little presses at your house, and you can sit there and squish and then um, use it as bud topper or if you want to get a dab rig and do dabs that way. That's really good. Bubble hash is pretty much the same thing, except flour is <clears throat> flour is taken, and instead of being squished, it's put in a big sifting bag. Uh, and there's six different le- uh, levels and different sizes of sifters. And basically it's all thrown into water and then it's agitated. And all of the trichomes that hold all of the good cannabinoids and terpenes fall off the flower and start sifting their way through the different size um, bags. And the smallest sifter is six, and which is why you'll come across six-star bubble hash. And that means that it's just essentially the best of the best of the trichome and that is you can dab it you can it'll leave no residue you can put that on flour it's just it's kind of just like keef that is clear 
if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, uh, I hope that was helpful. And all of these oils, except for rosin and bubble hash, uh, can usually be found in vape pens. So if you're going for vape pen, I would recommend getting live resin. It's going to be a little bit expensive, but it's going to be completely worth it. They're going to try and sell you distillate because of the high THC numbers. Don't do it. Unless it is, unless there are terpenes, cannabis terpenes that have been added back in, it's not going to be an enjoyable high. So that being said, also, if you're vaping, look for what they're cutting that oil with because the good vapes, they are going to be cut with terpenes, which are a natural part of the plant, and it's going to keep it viscous and it's going to be great. A lot of people will cut it with chemicals that, I don't know, that sound weird. They're hard to pronounce. But at the end of the day, when you smoke those, it turns into formaldehyde, and which is not good. <laughs> um, they use a lot of this stuff for embalming humans after they die. So you're not dead. You don't want to be dead. Uh, if you buy a cheap vape cart, it probably has those things in there. Look at the back. Always read the packaging. Uh, make sure that the vape carts that you're getting are clean and that, yeah, they're only cut with terpenes and natural things like that. Some are cut with um, coconut oil. Science isn't really out there yet. I'm still sketched out a little bit. But, yeah, I usually stick with live resin, again, just because it has a lot of terps and it doesn't need anything to keep it viscous. So that is my words of advice on concentrates. So happy smoking, y'all. Peace. <laughs>